It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators 4-1. Vegas improves to 25-14-5. 55 points now on the year. And to help us break down this victory, we go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? When you're struggling to find the back of the net, you need to lean on your best players. And tonight, today, a vintage performance from Mark Stone. You said it. It's a hat trick for Mark Stone. (laughs) And Gary said it at the time. Not maybe as big as the last hat trick that he scored, but (laughs) still, uh, given the the circumstance, what the doctor ordered the team that had um, been better early was probably the preds knights were without a shot for the first 15 minutes then they got a few what do you know mark stone gets that goal it's sort of the opposite of what happened in florida where yeah, the knights were off the board couldn't get a shot on vegas does eventually score but then they just can't keep it going and they were very much on their heels today they were not there was not a point in this game even though the preds were probably better early on Zach Whitecloud told us really the, sh- the shot clock was misleading, that they, you know, it was good back and forth type of game. And, you know, those practice drills around the net, the battle at the net front at both ends of the ice seemed to come in handy. That early goal for Stone was the rebound goal of Pavel Dorofiev. And then later on, you know, Dorofiev makes the play across the line. Stevens in the extra pass and Stone finishes. And then later on, you know, Stone getting the pass from Stevenson, another transition goal. It was um, it was an impressive performance by that group, and you might look elsewhere and say, "All right, Barbashev, Watt, Marcheseau did not get." Uh, obviously, Marcheseau gets the empty netter at the end, but for a while they didn't get too many attempts or too many scoring chances. And you know, it doesn't need to be a full-on showing from every line every night. Different matchups will lead to, hey, if, if Marcheseau, Watt, and Barbashev are defended well, maybe that means Dorofiev, Stevenson, and Stone will not have to face the same kind of resistance. You know, Roman Yossi can't play the entire game. So yeah. uh, it seems to me that those guys were given the opportunity based on the matchups, and they so they simply took advantage. You know, you talk about injuries being an opportunity for some players to, to really shine, and I, I think when you look at Pavel Dorofiev, at least recently he's been doing that. He's making a case to be the left winger for Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. What if... What's kind of stood out to you about Pavel's game alongside those two players? Poise. That's the first thing that comes to mind. He is so skilled. Might not be like forever top line NHL, first line left wing. I, who knows? Maybe maybe that's what he becomes. But there is a poise there that belies his age. He is 23, turned 23 in October. And though he has played over 100 American League games and Now with the Golden Knights, he's played 19 this year. You look at what he did and what he did last year. Excuse me, he played 19. He's played 24 this year, Ryan. He's played 18 last year. And you go back to uh, his opportunity to play two a couple years ago in spot duty. He has been an impressive talent from the first time we saw him. But he's got increased poise. And you can see he's still trying to figure out what exactly to do with Stevenson and Stone because they're, they are playmakers. Even just before the Stone goal, Dorofiev shot, created the rebound. You know, just seconds earlier on that shift, he tried to make an extra pass and connect with Chandler Stevenson, and it didn't work. So there's still plenty to be learned there, but the more those guys play together, and who knows how long they'll be together, but for now, that's the combo. If, um, if they get confidence going and they 
continue to build chemistry, you might have more nights like this where you have multiple players on that line record multiple points. You know, you look at this this opportunity, this this day for the Golden Knights, it was a really strong penalty kill day. Obviously, uh, they, they are perfect on the penalty kill at the end of the day, but uh, their ability to kind of kill plays in the neutral zone, certainly stand up at their own blue line was a, a big factor. What did you see that led to the success for the Golden Knights uh, on the penalty kill today? In the first power play for the Predators, the Knights just gave them no offensive zone time. They ended up with one shot over two minutes, but it was hard to just gain the blue line for the Preds on that first power play. And then later on, on uh, successive power plays, Vegas was very strong around the net front. And then Braden McNabb draws a penalty on that one late in the second period, which leads to a four versus four goal. So when you force the other team to take a penalty during the power play, that's a good sign. Vegas capitalized, of course, with Mark Stone's hat trick goal. And the interior play up to <laughs> it happened a couple times where they got the puck with good interior play, but there were so many nights in the vicinity that they couldn't clear the zone. They were in each other's way, kind of. That happened sort of late in the game. It seemed that the effort at five-on-five around the net uh, carried into the power play time where the Predators along the perimeter, there were just not enough openings. There were some tries, um, and there were just so many sticks and bodies in the way. Vegas was very good at getting in the shooting lanes for the the Predators' power plays later on. It was was sort of a one-story early. It evolved over the course of the contest today but uh, it seemed to me that it was the, the sort of showing um, just you know simple and structured as I mentioned Jonas Ronvier get the third highest shorthanded time on ice total today behind Petrangelo and Walla that tells you something so it to me was something to build off of on the penalty kill you, you you've had a handful of games it's been hit or miss one game is great on the kill another game they give up two or three it is it seems like even you know without Carlson and Eichel that maybe without those two players, they adopt a slightly different mindset that is uh, around the net. And, and Jonas talked about this, you know, that play, the smart play around the net. Um, and Jonas does like to be aggressive, mm-hmm. so uh, as he told us. So it, it seems to me that this is the time where the special teams can really click into gear, even without those top-line guys. And they've got the right support players in there now. It ought to be a time where the Knights can get the, the penalty kill uh, on a nice on, on a nice run here get him humming yeah and your your point about Jonas Ronbier like he, he loves to kill penalties he's great at killing penalties and it doesn't necessarily show up uh, in, in terms of stats for him individually but it's a big reason why the Golden Knights were able to pick up this victory today last one for me to you Brendan Brisson his NHL debut what you think well it's hard not to smile when you see him come down the tunnel mm-hmm. take a twirl as the Bruce Cusick announces the Stanley Cup champion, and then Brendan steps on Vegas Golden Knights, grabs the puck, and looked confident, looked sure of himself, uh, sure of himself, had a smile on his face, and then twirled around, went around into the right circle, and ripped the lefty shot into the back of the net, and then was joined by his teammates. And, you know, the he was on the ice for the one goal that the Predators scored, but at the same time, I think all in all, you'd be very pleased if you're Brendan Brisson. He managed to get some shots on goal, and as a matter of fact, uh, Ryan, it looks like Bruce Cassidy is about to talk with the media if you'd like to go to him. All right, let's go to Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. You saw their chemistry. Pau's been a good fit there too, so um, I think the whole line looks good together. But uh, we need a game like that every once in a while, especially lately where maybe an individual goes above and beyond, whether it's your goaltender who was very good also. 
uh, one player, so a line. Um, so it's good timing for us. And, um, you know, it's funny as goals, like by the end, I wonder, you know, Saros had to be, you know, glove, five-hole block or three different spots, right? So he wasn't predictable either. He was taking what was there, so good for him. Chris? Hey, Coach, Chris Golic, Vegas Hockey now. Early in the season, the team was winning a lot of games despite being at their best. As of late, does it feel like the team needs to play borderline perfect hockey to win games? Well, we have to play better than we did at the start. I don't think you ever have to be perfect, but you need to be good for longer stretches when, <clears throat> well, right now, that's just a, where we're at. I think at the start of the year, we got away with games that were 30 minutes, maybe 35, 40 at best. But don't forget, at the start of your other teams are still searching for their games as well. So they're probably going through some of the same stuff. And we happen to be obviously healthier, uh, stronger personnel. So you could get away with it now that that part is diminished a bit. Um, the personnel, we're missing some guys that are difference makers. And then you get teams now that I think are closer to how they, they're playing their game for a full 60. It's just that time of year where the better teams will start separating. So <clears throat> obviously, we want to be one of those. So. I would say to your, to your question, not perfect, but I see where you're going with it, and we do have to be a better version of ourselves for longer if we expect to get points. And, I, and we've even talked about that. We might even be that and still not get points because teams will just be playing better, the, the better teams, and we've witnessed some of that lately. Jesse? Jesse Granger with The Athletic. Hi, Bruce. Um, you obviously have some new guys on the PK with all the injuries, and they had some big penalty kills tonight. Just how do you think the new guys did, specifically uh, Rombier, who I thought played well? Up. Yeah, he's, well, listen, that's a, one of his um, assets, his ability to kill penalties. We used it last year when he was up, and we need it now. Uh, Jack and Carly killed a lot for us. They're out. Um, we were trying to build Will Carrier, and he got an injury when they went out. So we're trying to find other players within the lineup, you know, we've used ammo a little bit, Colasar, but Ronnie has always done it. He's got a, a good uh, sense of when to be aggressive, when to fill a lane. He's willing to block a shot. He's got good pace, so he can buzz up ice and still recover quick to get to loose pucks. So that's an area that, it, you know, if he can continue to do that, then he grows his value with the team. Um, so, you know, that's that's an important part for us to fill that, you know, the void of the other guys gone. and. Um, as I said, some of the guys that have been in the lineup every day can certainly help us there. But when Ronnie's a call-up guy and in the lineup, he adds a lot of value there. Um, so I thought his game was excellent tonight. That that whole line that generated some looks at the other end too, and we're buzzing around the front of the net, just couldn't corral a couple of bouncing pucks, but gave us, us you know complete games, 200-foot uh, games, both sides of the puck. Tom. <clears throat> Dominic Laval, UNLV Rebel Report. Bruce, wow, it's still early and the sample size is small. What do you make of Brendan Brisson in his debut today? Well, you said it. Sample size is small. You never want to over-evaluate a guy in his first game. I thought he, he played pretty well for us. He was on top of some pucks. Uh, found a couple of where he's able to get his shot off. Another one, I think Yossi tracked him down when it looked like something was going to happen. And that's just, he's going to have to learn in the NHL. They're faster and stronger, right? So things have to happen quicker. So... You'll learn that. that. That's part of the learning curve for every guy that comes in and um, figure out, you know, how much time you actually have and 
make your plays with your feet moving. You hear that a lot out of us, and some of that he'll, you know, he would start to build it in practice after he lives it. Right? I got to make, I got to do everything quicker in practice so it translates in a game. And those are the things we're here to help him with. So, um, first goal, a bit of a learning curve. You know, he got out muscled down low for a, a loose puck and goes low to high, and that wasn't the only reason they scored. But that those are some things that he'll learn along the walls. Battles are they're men. It's a man's league, and. Um, that's why we emphasize all the time the fitness part of it in the summer. Make yourself use that time. and uh, So those are just things he'll learn. But I liked his game. He helped us win a game. And uh, that, that's, that's what every player's job is. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, I know you're cautiously optimistic that Chandler could play. When did you know for sure that he could go and how big was he? Uh, this morning we heard that he was doing better. Um, but it's warm-up for him. He's got to make it through warm-up. So I guess that... 2.38 p.m. this afternoon, probably somewhere along there before I truly felt comfortable. Um, so, and I'm glad he played, <laughs> obviously. He was, I got to tell you, sometimes, I don't know how you guys feel about this, like, sometimes you play better when you're not feeling 100%. You're a little sick because you don't ex overextend yourself. You know, okay, I got to get on and off because and, I don't want to get winded. So, I mean, that happens with guys sometimes. So, um, but uh, nice, to, nice to have it. Yeah. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Not not a lot of shots or not a lot of access to the neutral zone early on. I think that it was a seven nothing Nashville started. How important was that stretch though as far as solidifying the defensive game, allowing Logan to see a few shots and kind of get him comfortable? Yeah, I didn't think, you know, I looked up, but I think it was the first time out and we didn't have a shot and they had six or whatever it was. And but I didn't feel like we were out of the game being dominated and we were chasing it like Florida, right? We were up there and they outshot us twenty to three or something. It felt like we were in our end the whole time. And this didn't feel like that. So I don't know if the shots were from the outside. It did feel like we were not getting puck possession going in their end or directing anything at the net, that part. But I didn't feel like we were underwater in terms of the play. We just had to win a few more battles. They were winning more races and battles um, when it was our turn to maybe would look like we might generate offense just inside the blue line and we'd get closed off. And same in our end, they'd win a loose puck and get it to the net. So <clears throat> um, for a goalie, I think they like that early on, seeing pucks. Um, that aren't high dangers type of thing where they can sort of get a feel for it from the outside. Now, there might have been one in there, I guess. I, I can't remember, but I didn't think we were, like I said, giving up a lot. I thought our our decor in general battled hard to keep a big team to the outside and, and limit second chances, either getting a clear or a block. And then we did get going, like Stoney's goal. Like, that's a, that's a high-end look, right? So that's a tough one for a goalie. Like, I know there was a rebound, but he hadn't seen much. All of a sudden, now he's got a guy right in front of him point blank. And I, I don't think any goalie, you know, really wants to start that way. So, um, but at the end of the day, we, we know we got to throw more at the net early on. But some days go like that. And we want to be a better first-period team at home here. I thought against Boston we were, Calgary we were not. And today early, no. But got the you know got the first goal to get going so uh, i think we yeah right so that part's important that you finish better than the other team in the first period too but i would hope thursday we're a little bit more on top of the rangers and and ready to go and sort of put them on their heels the last one to chris hey bruce chris chapman fox sports las vegas it seems like the last three nights logan thompson has really elevated his play um just your thoughts on on his recent uh group of games yeah I'll go back I thought the Islander game he was better in Sorokin um, at home there I thought the Bruins game was a really good goaltended game by both sides um, he did his part Logan it looked like a, 
I found him to be really in control against Boston. And I thought Swayman made a lot of high-end saves, and Logan made the ones he was supposed to, and we were good at clearing the rebounds and a, and a few extras. Calgary, that was okay. I thought both goaltenders were played well. They finished better than us around the front of the net by winning some battles. So he, he did his job to give us a chance to win. But tonight, um, there was more than that. I thought he was... He was like Boston, you know, sharp, solid, the saves he's supposed to make, um, playing between the pipes type of thing, not overextending himself. It just looked like in those games look easier when you're watching as a coach, whereas some of the other ones can look frantic. And that's the balance with an athletic goalie and athletic meets uh, um, technique, right? Try to merge the two so that you're in a position to recover. And I thought he did that really well tonight. That, that's what I saw. And that's why it's one goal against, right? And same with Boston. He's obviously played really well. Um, and we haven't been scoring a lot lately. So we need some games like this. Like, you know, when it's two to one, that's that's when, you you know, your goalie has to have your back when you break down or take penalties. And he really did tonight. Thank you, Bruce. <clears throat> yeah, thank you. Team. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after today's 4-1 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights and with tonight's Golden Knights. When you win as well, enjoy 31% off menu price pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. The Golden Knights scored in the first period tonight, so make sure you have the McDonald's app downloaded to redeem your free French fries of any size at your local McDonald's. Tomorrow, it's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators 4-1. to Vegas improves to 25, 14, and 555 points on the year. Next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock, here inside T-Mobile Arena against the New York Rangers. For the Golden Knights, a big-time win in this game. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Chandler Stevenson was a game-time decision, as Bruce Cassidy just mentioned. He was ill but Chandler did go for the Golden Knights and obviously a big part of the win for Vegas. Jack Eichel has been placed on injured reserve. It rules him out of Thursday's game against the New York Rangers. Hope to get uh, more of an update on Jack in the coming days. Same thing with you know, maybe Aiden Hill. Again, the Golden Knights are, are pretty banged up right now. Don't have to hash out everybody that's on IR injured reserve, uh, but do understand that the Golden Knights have... have more or less, the lineup that you saw tonight is probably what you're going to get over at least the next couple of games for Vegas. So we'll kind of keep an eye on uh, the injury report as we move along here for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game and go back to the first period. And for much of that first period, the Golden Knights were forced to defend in their own zone with just under five minutes to play. The Golden Knights got going with some sustained zone time, and Mark Stone opened the scoring for Vegas. Point shot, knocked down. Dorothea put it on, goal, rebound, score! Mark Stone! Garbage goals for the Knights, that's the recipe. And Mark Stone delivers his first after going seven games without a goal. Vegas has a 1-0 lead with 4.35 to go in the first period. 13th goal of the year for Mark Stone from Pavel Dorofiev and Nick Haig. 15-25 of the first period made it one to nothing Vegas. So Golden Knights would take that one nothing lead into the second period, and they look to carry over a strong end of the first 
The Golden Knights got right to work in the second as the captain struck again just one minute in. Muscles his way through, finds Stevenson in front for Stone. He scores! Two goals for Mark Stone. 2 nothing Golden Knights, a minute 11 into the second period. Second goal of the game for Mark Stone, his 14th of the year from Chandler Stevenson and Pavel Dorofiev. One minute, 11 seconds into the second period, made it 2 to nothing Vegas. Then Logan Thompson keeps the Predators off the board with a wild sequence of saves. Enters the ninth zone through the circle, deflected on goal save, rebound another save by Thompson. First off the night, then off a of pred stick, Thompson with a quick sequence of saves. Great work there from Logan Thompson to keep the Predators at bay, but they did get on the board later on in the period when Luke Evangelista deflected a point shot by Logan Thompson. Out high, Soros comes to his backhand, forehand, pass back, carry a shoots and scores. Evangelista the tip, and it's a 2-1 game. Predators within one, 2.38 to go in the second period. Ninth goal of the year for Luke Evangelista from Alexander Carrier and Roman Yossi. 17-22 the second period made it 2-1 Vegas. Then, late in the period, the team skated four aside and the captain ripped a shot by UC Soros to complete his first regular season hat-trick. Two on one, Stevenson with Petrangelo. Stevenson on the right, backwards to Stone. He shoots, he scores! Hat-trick for Mark Stone! A goal in the first, two in the second. Vegas leads 3-1. 23 seconds to go, second period. Hat-trick goal for Mark Stone, his 15th of the year. From Chandler Stevenson, 1936 of the second period, made it 3-1 to one Vegas. So the Golden Knights would take that 3-1 lead into the third period, and the Predators would pull UC Saros with three and a half minutes left in the game for the extra attacker. The Golden Knights defended it well and then capped off the game with a Jonathan Marchessault empty net goal. Petrangelo from the corner, lifts it down, it will go wide, but Ison waved off, Marchessault is there, he scores! Marchessault, empty net goal in a 600th NHL game, Vegas 4, Nashville 1, with 17 seconds to play. 18th goal of the year for Jonathan Marcheseau, an empty netter from Alex Petrangelo and Nick Waugh. 1942 of the third period made it 4-1 Vegas, and all that was left was the final call. The clock runs out. This hockey game is history. Vegas 4, Nashville 1. A Markstone hat trick capped off by a Marcheseau empty netter in a 600th NHL game. There you have it, 4-1 the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators. And Vegas improved to 25-14-5. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on the VK postgame show, the Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators 4-1. Vegas 25, 14, and 5, 55 points on the year. Six back of the Vancouver Canucks for top spot in the Pacific Division. Today's, today's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. Well, the Golden Knights score first. That's the good news, right? I, I thought, you know, you look at that first period, you know, as Bruce Cassidy kind of mentioned, it 
it, it didn't seem like the Golden Knights were as underwater as maybe they were when they went to Florida and were outshot 23-3 to in the first period. It was really more a situation of the Predators doing really well to kind of have the puck in the offensive zone, but the Golden Knights also matching that and keeping them mostly to the outside. Then... When Vegas does get a couple of shifts strung together in the offensive zone at the end of the first period, they strike on UC Soros, who did not see a lot of shots in that first period. And then Vegas extends the lead early on in the second period. That, to me, was the key. You've got to find ways, uh, you know, especially when the goal scoring isn't there for you or hasn't been there for you of late. You've got to find ways to extend leads and then really sink into your structure. The Golden Knights did that early on in the second period, and even though Nashville pushed back, Mark Stone completes the hat trick just two minutes later, and then really the Golden Knights shut things down in the third period. Not a ton going on for the Nashville Predators, and when they did have the puck in the offensive zone, the structure was solid. The collapsing in front of Logan Thompson was really where it needed to be, and the Golden Knights outcompeted the Nashville Predators in front of both nets in this game today. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Post Game Show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 4-1 the final, the Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators. Vegas, 25-14-5, 55 points on the year. Next in action, Thursday, 7 o'clock, against the New York Rangers. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. There's an obvious answer. So I'm going to exclude the obvious here. Mark Stone is player of the game. First career regular season hat trick for the captain. Phenomenal night. He was amazing. Beyond Mark Stone. Who's the player of the game? Like, There's a lot of different places that you can go, and that's my point. When you're dealing with injuries the way that the Golden Knights are, when you don't have William Carlson or William Carrier or Shea Theodore or Jack Eichel or Aiden Hill or Ben Hutton or any host of the players that are out of the lineup right now for the Golden Knights, you need it to be more than just one guy. Mark Stone stands above the rest in this game today, but there were a number of other players that had a really big impact on this win. So I'm curious to see where you go with it. If you've never called up the show before, do so right now. Give me the answer to that question. Player of the game, outside of Mark Stone, who you got? And you can also text in 702-876-1340 if you're so inclined. But I'd rather talk to you. It's more fun that way. Uh, And Rita, if you're listening, you can yell at me about jerseys if you want to. But I am just going to say this one time. One time. The Golden Knights didn't win today because they were wearing different jerseys. Might upset some people, 
but it's the truth. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Rita, if we can win with those steel gray jerseys, we can win shirtless. I, I'm, I'm convinced. So that, that's good news indeed. The gold buckets need to go. I think we can. Oh, Mike, can. Mike, come on. You're right there, buddy. I know, but the gold buckets are awful. Yo, no, are... Mike, Mike, they're fun. Yeah, if you listen, if you don't if you don't like the gold buckets, you don't like fun. Okay, they're pure Vegas, no question about it. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. But anyway, not not to start a controversy about that for heaven's sake. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess that somewhere in the last 24 hours, Mark said to somebody, I don't know if it was his significant other or a teammate or whomever, he said, "Look, somebody's got to take charge here." This is getting stupid. We got to stop blaming somebody else. Somebody's got to take charge, and I've got to be the guy that does it. And that's what he did. I, don't you think that conversation was had somewhere along the way? I I don't know if it was so much a, a conversation as it was just Mark Stone deciding that he was going to be the guy. Right? Like uh-huh. you're the captain of the team. You've scored a hat trick in a Stanley Cup clinching game. Like. You've been one of the most, if not the most important players in this franchise's history. Like, I think Mark Stone just decided he was going to be the the impact player that, frankly, he's been the majority of the season. But now it's a little bit more amplified with Jack Eichel out of the lineup. Yeah, sir. Absolutely. He somebody had to step up and he did. Uh, I'm not going to crow yet. It's way too soon to do that. But you know and I know that Barbashev is playing his his tail off, and it's going to be hard to get him out of the lineup. Dorofiev or Barbashev? You said I mean, Barbashev. I meant to say Dorofiev. I'm sorry. Yeah. One, no, I... one of the Russian guys that ends in V. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. Dorofiev's dad the other day, I said, your son has absolutely dominated this team in a tough time, and he's not going to come out of the lineup again. And he nodded mm-hmm. as if he understood what I said, and, Mm-hmm. This is Miramanov translated for him, but I mean, this is a this is the kid who deserves a chance. I think. Yeah, Mike. I, I, I thanks for the call. I I'm with you in that. The more I see Pavel Dorofiev with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, the more I like Pavel Dorofiev with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Now the question becomes: If you get to a point where everyone's healthy, does that combination help you win games down the stretch or in the playoffs? I think the more Pavel Dorofiev's game grows and the more chemistry he builds with Stevenson and Stone, I think you're right. It's going to be harder and harder and harder to take him out of the lineup. But, again, there's a lot of time between now and and the end of the regular season, and we'll see. I don't want to put too much pressure on Pavel Dorofiev to have to hit these expectations because if you are playing in the top six for the Golden Knights down the stretch or going into the playoffs, you can't be a passenger. Dorofiev hasn't been a passenger, but we're talking about middle of the season right now. Let's see how he does with an extended look, an extended period of time. I've loved his game. I think it complements Stevenson and Stone. Let's see what he does with this opportunity. Don't have to decide anything yet, but right now I'm with you. He he belongs in that spot on this lineup with this team. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So that was a, a great game, um, exactly the game that we needed, right? A very strong showing. Um, it, it honestly wasn't that a 
other than the score, it didn't feel that dissimilar from the Calgary game, which I don't think is a bad thing, right? I think that they're kind of getting back to the rhythm and figuring out what they need to do. So I know you said uh, who was the player of the game outside of Mark Stone, because obviously no one's going to go anywhere from Mark Stone for that. Um, I talked to Matt Dorfman, so another player that I want to had to kind of fill in a big role for Jack Eichel on the penalty kill is uh, Ron Bjerg. I feel like he's been doing a very good job on the penalty kill, filling in when we're missing Jack Eichel. Yeah, Stephanie, thank you for the call. Um, I, I'm with you in pointing out Dorofiev, and I'm with you in pointing in, out Jonas Ronbjerg. The Golden Knights penalty kill at the start of the year was fantastic. You had Jack Eichel and William Carlson. Those two guys can look for offense, but they can also kill plays. They, they really understand the dynamics of when to be aggressive, when to kind of peel back a little bit. And you needed somebody to kind of fill in that void, fill in that role. What Jonas Ronberg brings to the table is an understanding of how to penalty kill, a great, great stride, great ability to skate, and he makes the right play almost every single time. He forechecks incredibly well. He can help you on the PK. Like That, to me, is a player that goes unheralded at times because he's not going to score a ton. He's not going to fill the back of the net, but he is going to help you win by going 4-for-4 four four on the penalty kill. He was a big part of that today and a big reason why the Golden Knights were able to pick up two points. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Trina. Hey, Trina, how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just left the game. Awesome. Are we still on who played great tonight? Yeah, absolutely. And Logan Thompson. Okay. I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, can't argue that. I think Logan was, was really solid. What what did you like most about his game? Well, I feel like there were a lot of like skirmishes or scr- you know stuff going on in front of the net, and he just stood firm and didn't let anything happen, and it was great. What are you looking forward to for the Golden Knights on Thursday against the Rangers? Well, I'm interested in that game because it's the Rangers, and they're playing so well this year. Yeah. So I'm hoping the momentum from this, because this was super exciting and had to be for the team, that you know we, we go do something. Trina, is this your first time calling in? Yeah. Don't be a stranger, okay? All right. Great stuff, Trina. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Logan Thompson certainly has his fingerprints all over this victory for the Vegas Golden Knights, and I'd make the argument, as Bruce Cassidy kind of answered the question from Chris Chapman earlier on in the postgame show, uh, Logan's been playing better. This stretch of hockey the last three, four games, he's looked more like himself. The the, the scores have come been coming down. They've been creeping in the right direction for the Golden Knights, goals against anyway. And that, to me, is a good sign for the Golden Knights moving forward as they continue to navigate some of the injury issues that they've had. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Diane. Hey, Diane, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good, huh? Um, you know, it's so many people to choose from, but you really have to look at Alec Petrangelo's efforts tonight. I, mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't hear who was talking before me because I'm in the car and you only get, you know, silence waiting on the line. But he was all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. whether he was sprawling out to, to, to help out or he was just in the right place to, you know, scoot the puck out on a rebound, he was really on top of it. And then you have to say that Mark Stone's line just gelled yeah. tonight. I mean, did, did you feel that? I mean, it was like 
they were really together, and that made the offensive zone and getting pucks out of the defensive zone really work. And if we could get just even two of the other three lines gelling a little bit better and shooting the puck, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I screamed at Barbashev, don't pass, shoot! <laughs> You yeah. know, one more, one pass too many, you know, that yeah. kind of feel. But, but Mark Stone's line just totally gelled, and, and Alec was all over it. So it really, it was a wonderful game to watch tonight. Yeah, you're, you're right on the money there, Diane. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Make sure you call in again, please. Um, your energy was fantastic. Alex Petrangelo, you're right, had himself a whale of a game. And, and probably the best stretch for Petrangelo was – uh, the jump ball that he was able to secure, right? He jumps up over Logan Thompson to bat a rebound back behind the net and then clears the puck 200 feet right to Jonathan Marcheseau for the empty netter. Um, Petrangelo, phenomenal, and, and you're right on the money with the uh, with the top line for the Golden Knights, Dorofiev, Stevenson, and Stone. They were the best line for the Golden Knights all night long. Taking more of your phone calls next, 702-876-1340. It's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 4-1 the final. Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators. Vegas 25, 14, and 5. 55 points on the year. Next in action Thursday, 7 o'clock against the New York Rangers. I threw the question out there outside of Mark Stone. Recognizing that you score a hat trick, you're probably the first star of the game. Best player of the night. Um, outside of Mark Stone, who was the player that stood out most to you tonight for the Golden Knights? We've got Jonas Ronberg. We've got Logan Thompson. We've got Alex Petrangelo. If you've got anybody else you want to throw a highlight to or a shout-out, whatever it might be, 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Jake. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Hey, another good night. How you doing tonight? I'm good. So um, I, I, did someone already talk about Logan Thompson? Uh, we did mention Logan, but what, what, uh, what's your take there? Well, I just thought, you know, I, I, let me go my number, my number right behind Logan Thompson. I thought he's always uh, kind of in the background is Nick Haig, man. Tonight, he was just blocking everyone off, covering, sealing out defenses, you know, and just in a good spot all night long. You know, he hit people when he needed to hit people. He passed the puck along. I just, tonight, he was in the right place all night long. So I, I could, you could make an argument for anyone tonight, but I like the way he played as well. You know what, Jake, that's that's the point that I'm trying to hammer home here is that there's no shortage of players you can point to in this win today for the Golden Knights, right? Like, and, and when you are dealing with injuries, you need everybody pulling on the same rope together, and I think that, that you, you nailed it. It's not just one guy. You can point to multiple different players who played incredibly well today, and that's why the Golden Knights were able to win. Yeah, everyone working together made the pieces all work, and it was he played great, though. All right, what are you looking forward to on Thursday? Well, let's just build off this. You know, I mean, you can't get it. It, it uh, Odds are it won't be the same. We won't, uh, you know, play as well because this was a great game. But, you know, just keep the pieces in the right direction and keep playing hard. You know, we were racing hard at every puck, and uh, we just keep doing that, and things work out. 
All right, great stuff, Jake. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Kind of hearkening back to, to something that Stephanie had brought up, I, I don't think that there was a, a whole lot different either in this game from the, the game the Golden Knights played against Calgary Flames. Got some bounces, made some plays in front of the, the their own net, and that's kind of the difference between winning and losing. Uh, but we, had, we judge everything a little bit more harshly when it comes to wins and losses. Uh, let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Greg. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Hey, Ryan. So it was a really enjoyable game. I really like the way that Stone, Stevenson, and Dorothea have played together. It looked like they've been playing together for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopeful that that's a line that, you know, Coach Cassidy will get a hard look at, possibly using in the playoffs. Um, Stevenson played great. I hope he's getting his game back. But he looked great tonight. And, you know, he's the one aside from Stone that I would say really shined tonight. Yeah, I, I, I think Chan, like Chandler being kind of on the fence as to whether or not he was going to play because he was dealing with an illness, to put in the, the game that he put in today was phenomenal. It really was. And I was so excited. I, and I've called in before. I've been stumping for Brisson getting an opportunity. I was so pleased to see him out there. I don't think he made a huge impact, but I certainly think he acquitted himself well. Certainly looked like he belonged out there. Got better as the game wore on. Like that yeah. that would be my assessment of Brisson. Like there were a couple of moments he did have a, a nice one timer. The the puck just explodes off of his stick. His shot is NHL ready. Uh but then, you know, there's a couple of board plays that, you know, he, he did some good. He did uh he did learn a few lessons, I think, in the corner and certainly um as he had a puck just inside the blue line looking like he had a, a moment and Roman Yossi catches him from behind. But to your point, I, I think that it was a, a good first showing for Brisson. Let's see where he goes from here. In any event, I thought it was a great game. I also thought Petrangelo played extremely well. Um, and, you know, he has been the last week or so, essentially all year. Of course, production is down, but he looked like he was making a big impact out there tonight. Yeah, I'm with you there, Greg. Thank you for the call. Um, kind of to the, the production piece for Alex Petrangelo, like, generally speaking, I think that you're right there in, in that you expect more offensively from Petrangelo, but with so much kind of put on his plate with Shea Theodore out of the lineup. I think that what you want from Petrangelo is taking care of his own end first, and he's been doing that all season long, as you point out. And today was one of those games where I think Alex Petrangelo, best defenseman on the ice for the Golden Knights. Taking more of your phone calls next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4-1, to the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Nashville Predators. Vegas improves to 25-14-5, 55 points on the year, six back of the Vancouver Canucks for top spot in the Pacific Division. Checking in with the text line, I asked, outside of Mark Stone, who was the player of the game for the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, Shannon O'Connor says Chandler Stevenson, Nick Waugh. They both had a great night. Uh, Wes Hag, Logan Thompson, Pavel Dorofiev, Chandler Stevenson, and Gray Sweaters. Okay, listen. You can love the Gray Sweaters all you want to. That's fantastic. They're awesome sweaters. If you were just to take the sweaters... And then take all the players out of the sweaters and only put the sweaters on the ice. Do you want to know who would win? The opposition. 
Sweaters do not matter. What you wear in the game doesn't matter. I can't believe I'm going on on this like two two days in a row, but like listen, j- j- next time, just put the sweaters on the ice. See how that works out for the team. Jay Martin says Logan Thompson. I agree. Will Metzger says nice win, good effort from everybody. I agree there too. So all of the the entire point in asking the question outside of Mark Stone, who's the best player of the day of the game? It gives you an idea that everybody picked up the slack. There were no passengers tonight for the Golden Knights. And when you are dealing with the injuries that Vegas is dealing with, two really big impact players. You can't have passengers. It has to look like it did today for the Vegas Golden Knights. And if the Golden Knights can replicate this type of performance, and there's no reason to believe that they can't, they should start to pick up some points, wins, overtime victories or losses, whatever it might be. But it's there for the Golden Knights. They know what the blueprint needs to look like. Now it's about going out and executing. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Vanessa Alejos, doing a great job. Getting us to the air, getting us on the air. And keeping us on the air all night long. Uh, Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for making sure everything sounds great on your end. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Thursday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights post-game show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.